The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. So thank you for that great insight there and wasting another two minutes of our lives, okay? Here we go. Oh, I got to go. We got to go. I got to go to Notre Dame, and I got to work hard. Oh, let's get this done. I got to go home and pack my clothes. Gosh, damn. It's so, I can't believe I have to do this show with you. Oh, baby. We're back, baby. It's Thursday. It's the Picks Podcast. It's PFTPM, the Chris Sims unbuttoned collaboration. What's up? Oh, and look at what we have here. We have the starting safety from the Minnesota Vikings 1974 team. Who are you? What's your name, Mr. Viking Safety? Well, first of all, they said we didn't wear enough purple earlier yes so i decided to purple it up right, right? yeah so i've purpled it up and 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 i got a story behind this shirt this is a shirt that my mom got me for christmas in 1987 okay and and in back in those days you especially if you grew up in steelers country you couldn't go to the store and find a vikings jersey it was impossible i don't know how she found it it was like one alone on a rack that i that, that accidentally got sent to the sporting goods store you couldn't just order whatever you wanted. You couldn't get whatever you wanted. You were at the mercy of whatever they put on the shelves. And they put the stuff on the shelves that sold. So it was the one time she found it and she was so excited and she got it for me. And also it has extra meaning. She passed away 24 years ago today. I try to hold it together as I say that. So I dug this out of the closet. It was purple. It all worked out perfectly. And I wore this thing for you. Damn. Okay. That that you Now you made me feel... And I almost... And I almost top buttoned it. But I can see what? that. It looks close enough anyway. I can see that. Yes. I mean, it's a very interesting combination with the collared shirt uh, and with the jersey over it. But I did not need to bring up a sensitive subject, certainly. No, I specifically, okay, I specifically knew okay. when I put it on that I was going to tell that story. Okay, good. But if you feel bad, if it throws you off your game at all, then that's good for me. Then that means I'll be ready to pounce on you. Although I have noticed already, yes, when you don't have to go to Notre Dame, you're a different person. Definitely. You're not pissy. Yes. You're not complaining. Right. It's like a different guy. Yeah, well, then I'll have some guy act telling me like it's not really like work. You know, and I just want to go, you know, with that bullshit for the second week in a row. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I got it in one more time. Uh, okay, uh, other thing. Um, here we go. Let's get after this, okay? First off, rate, review, the podcast, PFTPM, Unbuttoned Podcast. Tell us how stupid we are, how smart we are. And again, we are going to continue to interact with our fans, uh, both of us. I know you're better at it than I am, really. Uh, but we have a lot of AMAs or questions in the in the bank that we need to address. Let's get to last week. Florio, you were 9-5 and five straight up. Way to go. Whoopty freaking do. I was eight and six straight up. Uh, embarrassing that I lost to you. You were six and eight against the spread. I was nine and five against the spread. Hoo, 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 hoo. I like that. I like those numbers. And then best bets. Huh. 
me and Mikey won New England because we went with Tommy on Thursday night, which was an ugly cover. We were both nervous there. Uh, I know that. Then I won my other. I went 3-0. and I took the Saints over the Jaguars. I took Houston straight up over the Chiefs. And then you that lost. That was gutsy. That was gutsy. That was gutsy. And I got a little help from the referees on that one, too. Uh, and then the Dallas Cowboys, the Tennessee Titans, you took both of them as your best bets. Uh, and, of course, they lost. Actually, both of those teams really laid an egg and let you down there because uh, I thought those games would be a lot different as well. Okay. So uh, the also- Titans, ten- the Titans trend has been broken. Yeah, that, that's the one big takeaway. It used to be if they're the underdogs, they win. If they're the favorites, they lose. They're the underdogs and they got shut out 16 to nothing. And they'll have Ryan Tannehill this week. But yep. uh, I'm done messing around with the Titans. OK, you're done with that formula. Yeah, I do think their offense will be better with uh, Ryan Tannehill on the season. You still got the lead on me. You're 51, 40 and one straight up. I'm 49, 42 and one straight up uh, against the spread. I am significantly behind you. You're 42, 48, and two. I'm 37, 50, and five. And our best bets, I have a one-game lead on you. And that's the only one I really care about because I am a man of the people and I want them to make money off of my knowledge so they have made more money off you. I don't know if I really believe any of these numbers because I'm not sure if Pete D in the back can really add anyways. So having said all that, are you done? Are you texting? Are you typing right now? Are you paying attention? What are no, you doing right now? No, I'm listening to everything you say. I'm listening to everything you say. What are you, yeah, you, you doing? Lift your hands. Where are your hands at? Let me see your hands. Show me your hands. Show me your hands. Show me your hands. They were right. They were on my phone. Yeah, I was, I was sending a text. Okay. I got I, a business to run while we do this. Oh, well, I, you talk. Yes. You talk and, and I listen and I take care of any little fires that may be going on at the at the media conglomerate that I've carefully and meticulously built over the last 18 years. Okay, Shefty, so. let's go. Here we go. You ready for this? Right. Let's do it. Thursday night football. Let's do it. We got a good one. Uh, I think we're both like a little bit not sure where the hell this is going to go. We talked about this a lot on PFT today. The Chiefs are at the Broncos. Chiefs are favored by three over under 48 and a half. Um, go ahead, Mike, lead us off. Well, you know, I've gone back and forth on this throughout the course of the day. I had a moment of clarity in the last segment of PFT Live, and I decided to go with the Denver Broncos. I think that in a game like this where I expect it to be close, the edge goes to the home team, and it's that simple. And I have set aside the fact that the Chiefs are supposed to be a team that contends for a Super Bowl berth, and we're getting excited about Patriots-Chiefs in the regular season and maybe Patriots-Chiefs rematch in the postseason. Put all that aside and focus on the fact that it should be a close game. The formula is out there for keeping it close with the Chiefs. Yep. And in a situation like that, the home team is going to get the edge, especially short week, high altitude, Denver crowd, two wins in a row for the Broncos, and Patrick Mahomes' ankle isn't right, other injuries for the Chiefs. I, I just decided. And you know what? The other thing, too, if I'm going to be wrong by taking the Broncos, I'm going to regret it less than if I take the Chiefs and I'm wrong, if that makes any sense whatsoever. I get you. So I don't care if the Chiefs win. I won't regret rolling the dice on the Broncos. All right. Uh, I, there, there's a lot of logic to all that. I agree with a lot of your logic there. Um, I, I guess the, the my big thing is how you're going really, and I'll make it this base. I mean, I, I'm scared about, yes, the Broncos chewing up the clock, running the ball in the Chiefs, keeping Mahomes and company on the sidelines, all of that. The Broncos' D is very good. Uh, it's one of the best in football. They know how to play pass defense. Their pass rush has been a little underwhelming uh, as far as what we 
expected this year. Uh, will, will be a loud crowd. We know that tonight. Broncos at Denver, it is a tough place to play. It's one of the loudest stadiums I was ever in, certainly in the NFL. I'm my you're, Since you're just giving them the win because they're at home and it's that close, I'm doing the same thing. But I'm just going with the guy that can make magic, and that's Patrick Mahomes. And I, I really, I almost, you know, this is going to be Strugglesville. I fully expect it to be. Will the Chiefs change their defensive game plan? You know, we've talked about it a lot. I just, for the people who only listen to podcasts, I think the Chiefs should become a blitzing team, cause havoc, um, turn, get turnovers, or let them score 60 yard touchdowns. But either way, you got your best players back on the field, and you're playing through your offense. I am going to be interested in that element, but I'm going. But to I don't go, know they're going to do that. I don't know I don't either. Think going to, I don't think in four days. Yes. That they're going to come to that conclusion, and you know, a lot of ego gets into it. Like sure. Steve Spagnuolo probably thinks, let's just keep chopping wood. Let's keep doing what we're doing. This will eventually work. Instead of making something that would be dramatic like that, with that that all or nothing type defense that is aimed at avoiding long drives. Now maybe it's something that dawns on them after this Thursday night game and they have a mini buy to figure out where they are. But I think for now they, they are going to keep doing what they've been doing. And if the Broncos do what other teams have done, I think they can keep it close enough to win. I got a 24, 23 okay. razor thin margin, but the Broncos straight up and the Broncos getting three, obviously cover if they win by one. That's what I have. Yep. All right. I got 21, 20 chiefs. So we're, we're very similar. I'm just going with Mahomes. You're going with the Broncos being at home. I think it's as, as simple as that. It's going to be a coin flip type of football game. And I'm with you on your chief's thought too, about the defense. I think if we see a change in the defense, it will come next week when they have this extra time after a Thursday game to start to tinker with things. So, okay. Either way, we're in store for a good game tonight. I do think that, and that's awesome for a Thursday night um that's gutsy threading the needle on this one by you is gutsy because I think if it's that close the Broncos win I think if the Chiefs win they cover I, I think it'd be like 27 23 27 20 something like that well you know me I don't I don't do that I don't I, I didn't look at the spreads until I sat down here today and I've I've the last two weeks I've kind of changed how I've picked my games anyways I used to like kind of just look at stats and things like that and then go off of the scores from there. Uh, I like what I did last week where I kind of just looked at schedules and who they've played, and I went a little more with my gut than trying to get too football technically. Uh, so uh, that's why I'm going that, and I had no idea the spread until I saw it just a few minutes ago. All right, 1 o'clock. We got a good one. We're pumped to see this one because of the new addition to the Los Angeles Rams and Jalen Ramsey. Rams on the road. Favored by three at the Falcons, over under at 54 and a half. I know we both want to get our popcorn ready as we're sitting there watching Jalen Ramsey cover Julio Jones or Calvin Ridley, whoever it may be. But we want to see how Jalen Ramsey fits in that new Los Angeles Rams look on defense. Uh, how do you see it playing out, Michael? Yeah, and he's either going to be taking Julio Jones wherever he goes or you cover Calvin Ridley and then you double Julio Jones with other guys. Or maybe he just stays on one side of the field. I mean, we're going to Good find day. out a right. lot as to how the Rams plan to use Jalen Ramsey. Although, look at it this way. How they use him with just a couple of days to get ready may be very different than how they use him with a full week to get ready. That's so right. maybe what we see on Sunday is just a mirage. Maybe they're trying to set up somebody else farther down the line as to how to expect to have Jalen Ramsey be deployed. But either way, it makes a game that otherwise would have been very boring far more interesting. The spread is only three, which kind of stuns me because the Falcons aren't good. They can't stop anybody. And this is a great 
you know, get right game for the Rams offense. Todd Gurley was back at practice, which I think is big for them. And I think they're going to explode. I think they cover this one easily. The score I've picked is 34 to 17. It could be worse than that. Okay. Well, that sounds like that's going to be one of Mike's best bets. Um, So uh, I'm with you first off on the Jalen Ramsey thought. Uh, I don't think we're going to see the full, like, this is what we're going to do with Jalen Ramsey, but just a few days of being ready. Hasn't played in three weeks. I think it would be too much to ask of him right away to just go, oh, cover Julio Jones or Calvin Ridley all over the field and we'll do other creative stuff. No, I think this is something where Wade Phillips will uh, tinker uh, with his defense and his formula as he gets a feel for Jalen Ramsey and, you know, the strength and weaknesses to his game. There's not many weaknesses in general. Uh, The the Falcons defense stinks. I mean, it it is arguably one of the best, worst in football. You could put it in that discussion. Um, So I do full expect the Rams to be able to move the ball on them. Now the Rams, the one matchup I'll say on that side of the ball that scares me is the Rams interior defensive line versus guys like Grady Jarrett. I mean, Grady Jared, he has the capabilities of being a little bit of a game wrecker in these type of games, and that scares me a little bit. Now, the other side of the ball, when you get into Rams defense, Falcons offense, yeah, you know, the Rams pass defense has shown that you can throw on it at times with a certain creativity and in, in offense like the Buccaneers have and a formula to where you're going to get big and run the ball at times. That's what like the Seahawks and the Bucks did to the Rams. They got in some 12 personnel, two tight end sets, some three tight end sets, some one tight end, two back sets. And I think that fooled the, or made life hard in the Rams. The Falcons are not one of those teams. They don't do that. Nor do I look at the Falcons and go, ooh, wow, what creativity of this offense. No, it's more about, it's just you know, it's a solid offense, but Matt Ryan's good. Julio's good. Ridley's good. Sanu's good. The tight end's pretty good, but they don't run the ball. And I do worry about that, that Falcons offensive line events against this group. I'm, I'm very close to you. Again, this is, we're working together too much. I mean, it's a little scary. I'm going Rams 34, Falcons 20. I gave the Falcons an extra field goal over you, but I see it like you do. Uh, I see them covering this game very easily and really would be shocked if they didn't win by a touchdown or more, uh, especially after three straight losses and you know they're going to be pissed off. Well, and the other thing to keep in mind, too, Dan Quinn getting closer and closer to his farewell, I believe, firmly. Rams and Seahawks at home before the bye week, and you got three interim coaches you could potentially choose from, guys who have been head coaches. And I think that, uh, especially after losing to the Cardinals last week, I think that the train's pulling into the station for Dan Quinn. With you. Agreed all the way. All right, Dolphins-Bills. One o'clock game up in Buffalo. Bills coming off the bye week. Dolphins almost had their first win of the year last week, but then they were the Dolphins on their two-point play, and that was a debacle. So, um, Bills favored by 16 and a half, which I was, I was, I mean, I know this is the Dolphins, but I, that was a big number. I was not expecting to see that over under at 41 and a half. So that means like, you know, the, 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 what are the odds makers think this is going to be like a 30 to 10 type of game almost. Uh, that was shocking to me, but uh, how do you see playing out there? Big guy. Yeah, I don't think the Bills' offense is good enough to be favored by 16.5 points over anyone because first they've got to score the 16.5 points, and and I don't know that they can. I think they're going to win. The question is, will they cover the spread? It's the first time they've been this big of a favorite since the days of Jim Kelly and company. Yeah. But uh, I I think that Ryan Fitzpatrick back in the starting starting lineup will give the 
the Dolphins a little bit of a lift. And remember, he was a Bills quarterback once upon a time. Then again, he's played for everyone. It's easier to list the teams he hasn't played for. But I think they'll keep it respectable. 20 to 10 is what I have. It won't feel like 20 to 10. You know how 35 to 14 last Thursday night felt like it was closer? This will be 20 to 10, but it won't feel like it's 20 to 10, if that makes any sense. It'll feel like it was a blowout, but the final score will will be something that you say, yeah, yeah, hey, the Dolphins did okay, even though they they didn't. I I hear you. In fact, I see it going a lot, uh, very similar. And I think, Mike, the point you make where – and we know Buffalo's defense is real, and they're gonna they're gonna crap all over the Dolphins. I really fully expect that. Uh, now the Bills' offense, yeah, there's question marks there still. They've been inconsistent. Josh Allen's been like early Brett Favre in Green Bay, where you know, yeah, he makes some throws and plays where we go wow, but then he throws the ball into like quintuple coverage, and we're like, what the fuck was that? Like that was stupid. So I do worry about that. Um, and also this. You know, Brian Dayball's a New England guy. Brian Flores and company, of course, they know that offense very well. I think they're going to know some of the tricks and the trades and the reads and things they like to do against certain coverages to where it can make Buffalo's offense look a little sloppy at times. you got to take that aspect into account. But I, like you, I see it Bills 23-10. to 10, And, yeah, like a dominant 23-10. to 10. They might be up like 20 to, you know, 20 to 3 or 23 to 3 and the Dolphins score a late touchdown to make it look like it was somewhat respectable. But I just can't take the, the Bills on the spread there. There's no way. Uh, but we see it pretty similar there overall. Any other thoughts you want to go over there before we move on? Well, I am curious about Josh Allen. He's popped up on the injury report, and they had the bye week. Yeah. So I don't know what the issue is. But uh, even if they have to go Matt Barkley, I think they'll be fine against the Dolphins. Okay, yep. Keep us up to date on if you think there's any injury update uh, that is deemed worthy of, of talking about on this podcast, okay? I have not looked at the full injury report, so I don't know. And uh, honestly, for the most part, I know the big big guys that are might be in or out of a game – and that's all I care about, care about really at this point. Um, all right. Well, you know, there's a website out there. Yeah. I, I think it's called profootballtalk.com. Huh. That you can, like, scroll through the stories and mm. you'll see Josh Allen pops up mm. on Injury Report. Yes. So. Mm, yep. Uh, I know. The guy that writes that, he's uh, kind of a snarky, paste, copy, paste kind of asshole. I don't really know of that website. I, did, I don't yeah, pay yeah. attention to Thank it. You. Here it's the nicest go. thing you've ever said about me. <laughs> Jaguars. Bengals. The Jaguars don't have Jalen Ramsey anymore. They had to answer those questions. Are you deliberately saying Bengals now? No. Are you doing that I've, on purpose? I've always said it. I've always said it, and it's just not going to change, okay? So just get over it, all right? Get the fuck over it, all right? It's the battle of Is the cats. Is that something you got from Bullet- Phil? Yeah, does, I think Phil, it, does Phil say Bengals? I, yeah. I mean, Phil, who grew up right close to Cincinnati, when I was growing up, used to tell me it's not Cincinnati, it's Cincinnati. Okay? I guess that's how they said it in Kentucky. And I know that was fucking wrong. And he actually got made fun of on CBS, I think, early on in his career because he always said Cincinnati. Um, who do you think wins in a fight, a Jaguar or a Bengal? Like I'm for, not even going to answer that really? question. You know I don't it? even know the difference between the two. I, 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 well, isn't a tiger bigger? I mean, a true Bengal striped tiger is bigger than a jaguar. Yes, you're right. right. Yes, so, you are. See, uh, unless the jaguar can run away, right? Yes. If, they, if that's an actual fight, if you're in, if you're in the octagon, right? If you put the Bengal and the jaguar in I'm the asking. octagon that's and the I'm jaguar asking. can't yes. run away, right? Then the bengal, the bengal ends up eating the jaguar. Okay. Yes. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. I just wanted to get it almost right. as much blood as a UFC fight. A mascot well, battle. Uh, I, I do always like that. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, 
So the Jaguars are favored by three and a half. They're on the road in Cincinnati. Cincinnati has not won a game yet. They stink. And the over-under is 44 and a half. Um, Lead us off, kid. They had 20,000 empty seats in their last home game. I think the number will be significantly greater. Teams uh, like this that don't have a built-in local passion, the fans check out quickly. And I think the Bengals have checked out. And I think that the Jaguars, even with the Jalen Ramsey stuff, Doug Marone, I I think, will find a way to use that to their advantage. And they're going to band together, and this is a game they should win. If they can't win this game – then they're just going to fall apart this year and everybody's getting fired. They have to win this game. I got 23 to 13. You know, they've been in close games. They played the Saints tough. Um, they, they should have beaten the Texans. And, and I think that they are good enough to win this one. Whether they're good enough to get on the right side of 500 and compete for a playoff berth, that remains to be seen. But post-Jalen Ramsey, they can finally clear that cloud out and just go focus on playing football. I think a lot of the guys in the locker room will be happy to do that. Would, would you, if you were the Bengals, would you start selling off players? Would, would, you, would you trade A.J. Green if you're the Bengals right now? Absolutely. You Absolutely. Because you're not going to pay him. Yeah, you're not going to pay him. You're not going to pay him what he wants because the market's now $22 million a year. And if you're the the Bengals are just cheap, they're not going to do it. So if you can get a first round pick for him that becomes a guy that you can squat on for five years at a very low wage scale rate, then uh, even better. And uh, you know, especially if it's a low first round pick, because then you pay him even less. So I could see him trading to the Patriots for a first round pick between now and the trade deadline. And I think one of the reasons he's not playing. Uh, I I don't know this. Yeah, I don't know. You're this. Just assuming. Go this ahead. is just yeah hunch, gut feeling. I, I think that I think that he's doing a little Jalen Ramsey. He knows, and I think the Jalen Ramsey thing. I think the Jalen Ramsey thing is more common than we realize. It's just with Ramsey, it was so blatant that we realized. But right. I think other guys do the same thing. It's not the hold out; it's the hold in. And I I think that even though it was a legitimate injury on the front end, I think that that both sides are maybe delaying this because the last thing the Bengals need if they're thinking about trading him is put him on the field and get him injured yeah. again. Then you can't trade him. Right. So this may be a mutual sandbagging by the team and by the player, but I just have a feeling that the end is coming for A.J. Green in Cincinnati and I'd probably be very happy about that. Anybody else you think they, they might trade? Mr. Uh, gut Feeling Guy over there? Because your nah, gut's kind of good. I, you know, I think Cordy Glenn maybe mm-hmm. would be a guy yeah. that uh, that could be gone. Uh, there's some rumblings of some dysfunction there between him and uh, the coaches. I'm right. trying to nail that down. As of right now, it's all uncorroborated, but uh, he's a guy who could be gone. So um, defensively, you know, do you move on from Geno Atkins at this point? Do you, you know, he's he's getting into his 30s. Is there a team out there that would pounce on Geno Atkins? I don't know. I could see the Eagles being intrigued by him to uh-huh. bolster their rotation. But, uh, you know, it all depends upon what. Here's the thing. If there's a guy on that roster that you like and you're a contender, Now's the time to now call. Now is the time. You're because right. Because I think they're in that mode where you can get them. I think, you're, I think you're right, too. And if I'm them, I would be in that mode to, yeah, make us a great offer and we'll start the fire sale. Uh, and, I, you know, A.J. Green to the New England Patriots does seem like – I don't know why. I just feel like it's gonna happen. I wish it would go. To, I wish he would go to Green Bay, but then I think about Green Bay and I go, damn, what, do they have any first-round picks left in the century? Because they I feel like they've traded away so many, and they traded more away this year to get Darnell Savage, right? Or maybe I'm wrong. I can't remember what the hell. I don't feel like they have a lot of first-round picks coming up in the next few years either way. That's what I'm a little scared about. But I wish AJ Green would go there. Okay, and the game itself, I'm with you. I'm going Jaguars. Let's not make this too complicated. The Bengals. St- 
stink. Their defense is horrible. If there's a weakness to the Jaguars, it's their run defense. But wait for it. Oh, the Bengals can't run the fucking ball. So it doesn't matter. And they're not going to be able to take advantage of it. I'm going Jaguars 24-17. And I think it'll be like a 21-10. Then maybe they go up 24-10 and the Bengals score late and it becomes 24-17. I see it going down that way, but surely see the Jaguars winning. All right, let's go. Who wins in a fight, a Viking or a lion? Do you know? Who do you think? What do you think happens there? I don't know. Um, either way. Right, what kind of weapons does the Viking have? Yeah, no, that's that's not fair. He's a human. That's not fair. A Viking's obviously going to have a sword or something. I mean, yeah, so that's not I don't fair. know. You give him a machine gun, he's definitely going to win. I yeah. don't know. I don't know. You, you know, it's all these crazy uh, video games. You never know what kind of weapon Yo, you're going to well, find Vikings under Vikings don't rock. have machine guns. They didn't have machine guns then. He can't use them now. He's got to use what was available to him in the Viking era. It's either a big club or a sword, okay? It's all he's allowed to use. It's funny how you do, how you do the horn thing. They, they did the horn for, like, something ridiculously – inappropriate like a five-yard penalty they blew the horn yeah it was just like no you don't blow the horn for that okay if the vikings win this week will you wear a kirk cousins jersey on the on the show next week or on this podcast yes i will okay there we got it we got it on tape and let's go vikings all right i guarantee you i guarantee you if the vikings win i will wear a kirk cousins jersey next thursday guarantee i love it i love you love you love you okay so you tell me let's call tell me about the vikings and the lions what's going to happen well, I mean, this is the perfect setup game for the Vikings, and we've seen this movie multiple times over the last couple of years. The Vikings get two wins that they string together against the Giants and the Eagles and 937 total yards of offense, and everything is fine. And then they go into Detroit, where it's been much harder to win in recent years, and the Lions are going to be pissed off over what happened on Monday night, and they are not a 2-2-1 team. They are not a 500 team. They are better than that. And yes, they had their chances to beat Green Bay, but that game was taken away from them. And I think that this is one of those games where you get a little correction. And the Vikings will win the games they're supposed to win. They're very good at that. They don't lose focus. They don't stumble against inferior teams. But when they come up against a team in a big spot, I mean, this is one where they're going to be very aware of the opportunity that they have in front of them. And that's the situation where Kirk Cousins is likely to crater and turtle and not play as well as he needs to. And if the Lions can stop the run, it falls back to the pass. And it may not be as ugly as the Bears game was a few weeks ago, but I think this is a game that the home team wins 24 to 20. I'm astounded that the Vikings are favored in this one. Yeah, it is an interesting game. There's a lot of interesting things in the matchup in general. All right, first off, if the Vikings win, you're going to wear a Vikings Kirk Cousins jersey too. No, like no, Reds- no, 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 no. That no, I'm not. I know because I was going to set you up. I was going to get. I knew you were. Number I one, knew it. And I number knew one, it. it's cheaper. It's cheaper, and I'm very cheap, but I thought that would have been a nice little twist to your... Because next Thursday, it's the perfect time to wear it because it's Washington at Minnesota. That's the perfect opportunity to wear the Kirk Cousins Washington jersey. No, it's not. Support the damn quarterback of the fucking team you root for already. Stop hating on him, okay, you jerk? I, I don't... Listen, listen. I really don't... I mean, I, I, I don't, don't root like him. I used to. Yeah. I, 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 and I mean, I don't root like I used to, but I do think that... For a guy that's getting $84 million fully guaranteed over three years, we need to expect something more. It's similar to what you've been saying about Ezekiel Elliott. Yeah, I get you it. You get that money, then you got to earn it. It's not for it's not for services rendered. It's for services to be rendered. I, I totally get it. And, yeah, I don't know what you used to root like, okay, but you still root. It was okay? bad. You still no, root. No, but not like it but was bad. It used to be this bad. Is, let me peel the curtain back, as you say. 
when my when the games are on on Sunday, there's always every play. You got your eye on the Vikings game all game long. You're always no, I don't. A no, I don't. Fake news. <laughs> you are fake news. <laughs> all right, all right. So here's how I see it playing out. Uh, I do. Uh, you made a lot of great points. I do worry about. The Vikings offense, yeah, we know they want to run the ball. Their passing offense has been better, more aggressive. I've seen more screens. They're getting, they're building their inventory of play action passes where I see more and more out of that. Now, it's not like uh, I'm going, oh, my gosh, this is the most amazing stuff I've ever seen. So I do worry about Patricia maybe being able to break them down a little bit and find tendencies and being able to play the right coverages and the right man-to-man uh, you know, coverages in the certain situations. I do worry about that aspect. Now, on the other side of the ball, I don't know what to make of the Lions offense. That's what I'm really not sure about. You know, the other night, yeah, they came out hot, made a lot of big plays. They did just come off a bye week, and I think they had a lot of, like, fuck you plays in their game plan to make life hard on that Green Bay defense at first. But I'm still not sold on their inventory of offense either. And when they can't run the ball, I'm not sure if they're – creative enough passing the ball a little bit like Minnesota to where they can get it done. I do think Minnesota has a better defense, and I think ultimately this is what I'm going to go with. I think the the Lions' run defense scares me. It has not been very good. It's not as good as I thought it was going to be. I'll say that much. And, you know, I'm not even sure where they're ranked, but let me just pull this up because I'm I'm actually – so they're letting up 133 yards a game on the ground right now. They are 27th in football. That's scary to me. Okay, and because of that, I'm going to go Vikings, the opposite of your score. I'm going 24-20 Vikings, and let's get the Kirk Cousins jersey out, baby. Woo, 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 woo. Let's go, Kirk. Let's do it, baby. Okay, you ready to move to the next one? This is another fun one. Yeah, I'm ready to move on to the next one. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. I feel very comfortable that I won't be purchasing a Kirk Cousins jersey next week. Okay, good. I'm glad you feel comfortable. I will feel comfortable on the Thursday podcast next week watching you in the Kirk Cousins jersey. Raiders, Packers, Gruden, the Gruden grinders. They're coming off a bye week. They went to London and won a football game against the Bears. Now you get to go to Green Bay and play, oh, Aaron Rodgers. You better watch out because he's on fucking fire. Okay, you better watch out because he's getting his mojo right now, and that offense is getting its mojo. Um, Raiders are the uh, Packers are favored by five and a half, and the over-under is at 46 and a half. Mike? Um, go ahead, man. What do you what do you what do you think's gonna happen here? Well, you know what? I got a text from a cousin of mine who's a big Raiders fan that apparently the line has moved dramatically in favor of the Raiders. Mm. That it opened maybe three or four points higher, and the betting has driven it down. I like the Raiders in this one. I like John Gruden going back to Lambeau Field, where he spent three of his formative coaching years before he became the offensive coordinator of the Eagles and then became the head coach of the Raiders for the first time. Yep. I like the extra motivation that he's going to have to take down that whippersnapper Matt LaFleur and company. I like yep. that he's had two weeks to get ready for this game I hear and prepare you. for it almost like it's a Super Bowl or a playoff game after uh, the a first round bye. This is a big deal for them, yep. especially if the Chiefs lose tonight because they're in first place in the NF, in the AFC West yeah. if they can win this game. And I, and I, I think that They've got the the running back in Josh Jacobs and the offensive line to just to do to the Chiefs what others have done to do to the Packers what others have done to the Chiefs. Excuse me. Yes. Run gotcha. the ball, okay. kill the clock, 
Keep Aaron Rodgers on the sideline. Aaron Rodgers had four of his pass catchers not practice on Wednesday. Devontae Adams has a toe. Marquez Valdez-Scantling got injured on Monday night against the Packers. He came back and played, but he didn't practice. Geronimo Allison got blown up. He didn't practice yesterday. And Jimmy Graham has an ankle injury, and he didn't practice. And Rodgers is still dealing with a knee thing that had him limited all last week. I, I think that uh, the Raiders are going to win this one. I really do. I think John Gruden's going to understand that it's critical to get touchdowns, not field goals. It's critical to deliver a knockout blow and not give Aaron Rodgers an opening. Because if you do, even if you're up nine points in the fourth quarter, that's not enough. And I think John Gruden understands that. And uh, this is going to be a fun one to watch. It's, it's going to have an old school vibe to it. You know, it's a couple of teams with the classic uniforms that never change, right? You don't yep. get funky numbers. You don't get funky jerseys. They've told Nike to go screw themselves anytime they've sniffed around to get them to change their uniforms. Yes. It's going to feel like an old school game. Yeah, they should never, never change their uniforms, these two teams. Uh, I, I'm with you there. Uh, they're, they're classics. These are two of the best uniforms in all of football, and I don't want to see a third option, really. Really, the third option was great, what we just saw with Green Bay the other night. They wore all white. That's not a part of their uniform. I thought that looked great. That's about as much variance as I want to see. You don't mess with the Packers emblem and that helmet or the Raiders emblem and that helmet. They are too freaking amazing. I'm with you there all the way. Okay, I'm, I'm also with you in a lot of your thoughts of the game. The game is scary, uh, and I worry about Green Bay's injuries. Certainly, I do. This Raiders team is tough. They're physical. Gruden's calling plays on the offensive side of the ball, uh, playing to the strengths. Like you said, their run game, Josh Jacobs, it's effective. Passing game, very efficient. It's a manufactured shot or two every game off a of play action with John the psycho, psycho scientist Gruden coming up with a, a few ways to do that every week. I like that aspect of it. Um, the Packers offense, though, is finding its way. And I do think Lazard is going to be a difference maker for this team. I do. Remember, he's the guy I threw the ball to on the field uh, when we were on the field in Chicago Green Bay. That was him who, who asked me to throw him the ball, and then I threw it to him, and he's like, oh, you still got it. He made me feel good, even though I didn't throw that great of a ball. But um, it, I do get scared. I'm not sure what to make of the Packers' run defense yet. They have moments, like like last week, where I thought, man, the Lions, they're, they're a decent running team. It's Kerryon Johnson. They might be in trouble. And, man, the Packers stuffed the crap out of that run. You know, uh, they're kind of up and down and all over the place with the run game. Ultimately, it's Aaron Rodgers at home against a defense in Oakland where, yes, they play hard and they're pretty well coached, but they're not overly talented. They can't really get after the quarterback, and that always scares me against Aaron Rodgers because just like you talked about with, like, the Mahomes factor, see, what happened in the Raiders-Chiefs game is Mahomes got outside the pocket a bunch in the second quarter, and that's why they exploded onto the scene with those 28 points. I worry about Rodgers being able to take this game over. These are the type of defenses where even if they're not fully healthy, he can take it over, and I think they have enough of a run game right now to where it doesn't have to be like he has to throw it 45 times to take it over either. I think it's going to be very close, but I think the Packers will score a late touchdown to win the game, and I'm going to go 27-20 Packers. So you have them winning and covering. You're not going to thread the needle for your I'm guy, not. Gruden. At least give him something. Well, I'm, I really think it'll be like a 2020 game. I do. I think it's going to be like 2020, and the Packers are going to get the ball back with like three minutes left, and we're going to see what we always see. When 12 has the ball in his hands late, he's going to drive down, and he's going to throw a touchdown. I just don't want them to run that stupid freaking play that they ran on Thursday night, the Russell Wilson interception play to the Super Bowl against the Patriots. Well, what happened? Oh, well, 
the Packers did it against the Eagles on that Thursday night game, and it becomes too tight, too trafficy down there. And if bodies collide, the ball pops in the air and interceptions happen. That was a stupid play call. But either way, I do think it's going to be close, and I'm taking uh, the Packers and Aaron Rodgers because I think they're hot and they have found their mojo. Okay, we got an awesome one. Deshaun Watson, he's so fucking awesome, is going to the – Oh, yeah. Did you get your score for the last game? What was it? 24-23. Just like tonight. 24-23. All right, good. We got that on record. All right. So now Deshaun Watson, you're so fucking awesome, is going to the Indianapolis Colts who come off the bye week. And, of course, they beat the Chiefs uh, before their bye week. Texans seem like they got it rolling a little bit themselves. Defense played good last week. Running played, running game was good uh, once again. Colts are favored by one over under 47. This is a tough one. This is a good game. I, I don't know. I had a hard time picking this one. Um, what do you got? You know, we criticized the AFC South for not having any great teams. Well, the Colts and the Texans both went into Kansas City and won in consecutive weekends. So Kansas City should be very happy they're not part of the AFC South. Yeah. I think this is one of those, and this is the same principle that allowed me to pick the Broncos over the Chiefs. Close game, evenly matched. The Texans traditionally have had trouble winning in Indianapolis, and I think the home team gets the edge here. It's that simple. They're only favored by one point, which kind of surprises me. That means the Texans would be a two-point favorite on a neutral site and a five-point favorite at home yes. just based on that general rule of thumb that yes. home field is worth three points. I, I think the spread should be more than that. I think that I think that the betting line is influenced by people taking the Texans because they saw them beat the Chiefs and they didn't see the Colts last weekend because the Colts didn't play. I, I think it's that simple. Yes. Right? So yep. um, were they off last weekend? They were yeah, off last they were weekend, off. right? You're right, yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yep. So I, I think that that's why the line is what it is. I think the Colts will, will be able to do enough to, uh, to contain Deshaun Watson defensively and also offensively, score enough points. 24-20 is the score I have. And again, it's one of those home team gets the advantage type picks by me. Yeah, this, this game made me stall for a little bit because I, I you know, was trying to kind of envision how I see it play out, the matchups, the things like that. The Texans, of course, I mean, both these teams are quality. Frank Wright coming off a of bye week. I mean, Frank is – he's showing that he is – I mean, he's pretty damn good as far as an offensive mind, uh, whether it's creative plays, knowing when to be patient, play smash-mouth football. I mean, he really can do it all. I mean, he is truly uh, becoming one of the better offensive minds in all of football. Um, all right, there's a few things. The Texans, the Texans offense, I do think has it going a little bit. I do. I think they have kind of found their mojo with Will Fuller being healthy and everything like that. It just gives them another dimension. You just can't put all your eggs into we're going to stop the DeAndre Hopkins, you know, basket anymore in the pass game. And, you know, last week, if my memory serves me correct, Will Fuller dropped three touchdown passes. And I think DeAndre Hopkins dropped one as well. Uh, I, I, the, the Colts defense is good. I do think you can run the ball on them a little bit. Uh, and I don't look at the Texans offense as being like, whoa, this is an unbelievable, you know, scheme. And they do so many creative things. No, they kind of just run the ball and their passing concepts are not like reinventing the wheel. But Watson's awesome. Hopkins is awesome. Fuller is awesome. And that's why they kind of get it done. But I think because the Colts run defense is not great, they're going to have to worry about helping their run defense out a little bit too much. So that worries me from the Colts perspective. On the other side of the ball, the Texans, their run defense is very good. 
But this this Colts running offense is real, and I think we're going to see a healthy Marlon Mack too, which will make a difference. So I also think the Texans are going to have to put some people into the wow. We got to stop the Colts running game as well, which will lead to some big plays for the Colts in the passing game too. I worry about that Texans pass defense. It's just not always buttoned up as as much as I would like it to be. But ultimately, if this was Andrew Luck, I'm going with the Colts. But it's not. I'm going with Deshaun Watson. I'm going 30. You, you, you can. I want you to remember this. Yes. When you pick the Chiefs because of the quarterback, you're picking the Texans because of the quarterback. If they lose, you got to get past this. I'm smitten with the quarterback. I thing. know. When you know me, I'm not. I'm always against that. I, I really am against that. I think really it's more about the Texans have some semblance of a run game right now, and I think that's going to put the Colts in a little bit of a bind. And I don't think the Colts secondary is all that. I don't. Not on the not at the corner position. So I think that Watson and company will be able to take advantage of it. I think like I, I think it's going to be like Colts up 27-23 with three minutes left in the game. And Deshaun Watson is going to drive them down and score a touchdown. They're going to win the game. That's just kind of how I see it going. This is a total coin flip game for me. I could certainly see it going the way you said it too, but I'm going 30-27 Texans. All right, you ready for the next one? Yeah, two more at 1 o'clock Eastern on Sunday, and neither of them requires much of our attention. No, it does not. I kind of want to see the second one we'll talk about here in a second. But we do got the rookie quarterback showdown right now. And this one, the Cardinals visiting the New York Giants. Uh, I don't even know. I'm interested to know what the weather is going to be this Sunday in New York because we haven't really seen Kyler Murray have to play in, like, northeastern, you know, middle of fall, uh, winter-type conditions, anything element-wise, really in his whole life because he's been down in Oklahoma and that area and they just never have had a deal with it and of course this year it's it's been too early in the season and they're playing in Arizona the worst I think road game they've had to play in is Cincinnati and of course that wasn't a bad day either so Cardinals at Giants Giants favored by three over and under 50.5 um, what say you Florio 69 degrees is the high temperature uh, in New York on Sunday. Global warming low will winds. strike once again in late October. Low, low, all right, here we go, Captain Planet. Low winds as well, so I don't think weather will be a factor. I, I look at it this way. The Cardinals have won two in a row, but but who have they beaten? They've beaten two of the worst teams in the NFL, Yes. And but for a missed extra point, they would have gone to overtime against the 1-4 Falcons. I like the Giants in this one. The Giants, even though they lost by 21, and you see that final score, and you say, man, they got blown out by the Patriots. No, No, they they didn't. didn't. They've played well. You'll see 28-10 to against the Vikings. Oh, they got blown out. No, they didn't. And uh, I think the Giants good enough to win this game at home. I don't know how I'd feel about it in Arizona, but I don't have to. It's in New York. And or New Jersey, and and I like the Giants to do enough to get back on track. Saquon Barkley was a full participant in practice on Wednesday, only three weeks removed from suffering that ankle injury against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think that the uh, the Giants will be fine. 27-21, covering the spread, the three-point spread. Uh, I think the spread should be bigger, as evidenced by the fact that I picked them to win by six. But uh, I'm surprised. The I think that this this is the Cardinals winning two in a row is influencing people, and they think, oh, they're going to extend it to three. Yeah. It's amazing how you see these betting trends based on recent history, but recent history affects the way people think about these games. Yeah, they do. Uh, the Cardinals' defense not good. You're right. I think Saquon Barkley being back is huge. I mean, that's huge. It's going to be great for Daniel Jones that way. Uh, the Giants do have extra time because it was the Thursday game last week. Um, I'm going to the Giants as well. I'm going 27-23 to 23 Giants win. I will say this, though. This is what scares me a little bit. The Giants' defense stinks, just like the Cardinals. 
the Giants don't have a great pass rush. Now, Marcus Golden, the ex-Arizona Cardinal, has kind of popped up a little bit as far as a guy that can rush the passer for the New York Giants, and he will be motivated. But I do worry about, just like I talked about with the Raiders trying to stop Aaron Rodgers and keep him in the pocket and do those things, I do worry about that with the Giants a little bit. They're very big up front, but they're not real fast and athletic. And that always scares me against a guy like Kyler Murray. Even when things aren't open, he might be able to escape danger and make some plays that way. But ultimately, I am going with the Giants because they're home and because Saquon Barkley is back in the fold, I think that'll make the Giants just a little bit harder to defend. I go Giants 27-23. Okay, 49ers Redskins. Shanahan versus Snyder. Shanahan said he didn't fucking like playing for the Washington or coaching for the Redskins. He said the only thing was good was the coaches and players. Everything else was not so good. I love that he said that. I really do. Um, 49ers favored by nine and a half in Washington over and under 41 and a half. And it is that dreaded one o'clock game for the Western time zone team. But I don't think it's really going to freaking matter in this one. And they got the short week, too, where they have to travel across the country. No, they don't have the short week. I'm thinking of last week. Yep. They're fine. It doesn't yeah. matter. They could have played, they could play tonight right. and go to Washington on Sunday and win this one. I'm surprised it's only a nine-and-a-half-point spread. The 49ers have proven that they are one of the elite teams in the NFL. Washington has proven that they are not. This should be at least double, shouldn't it? Shouldn't it be 18 points? I was stunned when I saw nine and a half. I think I'm tipping one of my best bets. But uh, I think the 49ers romp. Kyle Shanahan, you know, this is the kind of game where if there wasn't the history between Shanahan and the, and the Washington franchise, maybe it's a spot where they could step in a pothole and get upset, or at least the game would be close. Right. Not this one. Yeah. This has all the ingredients of a blowout, folks. And if I'm wrong on this one, I'm going to have to reassess my life choices. That's how strongly I feel about it. I think the 49ers are going to destroy them. I, uh, I I hear you. Like your point about them maybe falling asleep a little bit and letting them hang around. But you're right. I think the, the Shanahan motivation, he's probably going to add a few more plays in there just to go like, hey, fuck you, Dan Snyder. There's another touchdown on the board and I do think that will be a motivation uh, tactic I think the team will know it a little bit just from what he said in the press conference yesterday they're going to be aware now that this game's a little bit more important to their head coach and Kyle from everything we've seen to this point the players and the people that play for him like playing for him and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Kyle brought it up in a team meeting this week about how he didn't like his time there and he wants to put it to them so I get all that my only thing to where I go I, I was like you I was surprised it wasn't bigger than nine and a half not like that I thought it was supposed to be 18 I don't know if I thought it that aggressively but I did think I was going to see at like, least 14 I thought I was going to see like at 12 least 14. 13 14 something yeah. in that range the only thing I just say where it can make the game semi ugly for a little bit okay would be the Washington D line is pretty damn good and, you know, the Redskins are a little beat up, especially at the two tackle positions. So I do worry about maybe early on them hanging around, that kind of thing, right? Where maybe the 49ers just have to find their way a little bit early. But ultimately, yes, I, didn't, I do not see Washington being able to move the ball on the 49ers defense very well. And I think Shanahan is just too creative on the offensive side of the ball with run game and pass game alike. I'm going 49ers 31 to 14. Uh, and yes, they are covering the spread of my. What was your score? I had 31 14. What was you? 34 13. I got 34 13. Okay, so we're very close there, too. You just gave the 49ers an extra field goal. All right, that's it for the one o'clock games. I got a read to do. All right. Okay, well. 
If you want, okay. If you, that's okay. the first time I've said it. I've really tried hard not to say it. So whoever emailed that to you, I have only, that was like maybe the second time I've said, okay. And now I've said it three times because I referenced it. But if you want NFL insight from a man who once got into a Twitter war with Jackson Deville, <laughs> then you, P- I, knew, I knew that it was going to go this way. Then PFTPM podcast is your kind of podcast. Now he said he, you weren't really worth getting into a Twitter battle because he had to go to the litter box and eat some cat food. So that's really what he thinks of you there. Look at him. I think he could beat you in a race too, even with those huge, ugly shoes. Um, but either way, Mike, I do like you. You know that. And your PFT PM podcast is good. You dive into everything in the NFL. You always do a great job of interacting with your fans. And uh, it pains me to say all this, but you're kind of smart and you think of a lot of different angles. And because of your your mother who raised you so properly and gave you so much good spaghetti and meatballs as a kid, your gut is pretty good too. I'm always impressed with your gut. You really, uh, you're good at good at it. I mean, you know, you don't know shit, but somehow your gut gets it right. I don't know how you do it. PFTPM well, podcast. Download now you go now. back to insulting me. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. All right. And I like working right. with you too. I do. I never thought that would happen, but I do. Gosh, damn it. I like this. Neither job. did I. <laughs> neither did I. Trust uh, me. Neither did I. You know what I, you know what I didn't like you the most when I really didn't like you? There was a Giants when? Eagles game on a Thursday night one year. And the Giants wore the old school Giants uniforms and you took a shot at my dad in your power rankings and I wanted to fucking kick your ass after that. You Wait, were, what you mean before you ever worked with Yes, me? yes. It was like you wrote like something like uh, Eli Manning was wearing the old Giants uniforms and he played like Phil Sims or something like that. You took some shot at my dad and I, I, I still owe you a punch in the chest for that one, okay? You snarky bastard, you. All right. You, you, hold, you hold a grudge longer than I do. <laughs> I don't know about I that. I think I found – wait, you know what? I think I found it. But, no, this was this was 2018, so it couldn't have been – I think it was 2017. It couldn't have been 20, yeah, I, it was 20 – It might have been 2017. Yeah, I think so. Right. Uh, but either way, who cares? Let's just move on. But I like you now, so – Oh, here we go. Here we go. Yeah, here we go. Oh, here's what I – here it is. Here it is. <laughs> on Thursday night, Eli Manning – was dressed like Phil Sims and unfortunately played like Eam. What E E M. What an asshole. Did you know how he are. says Eam instead of him? Yeah. I've never given you a hard time for that. Yeah. Yeah, that was before I knew you. Uh, I wouldn't have had the balls to do that once I was working with you. <laughs> uh, you're such a jerk. All right, let's go to the four PM games, all right? Char- now, hey, yeah. now I know why when I met you a month later, you were such a dick. Now I know why. I was you a came dick. over and you like you put out that meat hook and you like gripped my hand and squeezed it like you were Adrian Peterson. It was at the, it was in Houston. It was less than a month after that. Now I know why you were acting that way. Cause I'm thinking, who's this guy? Get out of here. You giant. Uh, Go back yeah. up your beanstalk Sims. All right. <laughs> and you're funny about Adrian Peterson. He does shake hands really hard. <laughs> he does. Uh, I've met a, I've, I've never heard that one before. No, what you just said is Adrian Peterson is handshake. I know. I know. I'm oh. kidding. That's like the, that's like the, everybody the Jerome knows Bettis that. Is from Detroit. Oh, I yeah. didn't. I didn't realize yeah. everybody knew that. I I couldn't get over how hard yeah. he shook my hand the first time. I was like, is he trying to break my hand? Um, okay, 4 p.m. games. Chargers at Titans. Uh, Titans favored by two. Over and under 40. Ryan Tannehill starting at quarterback. Uh, shake. Sh- give me the shakedown here. 
Uh, I look. I don't know about this one because I, I don't know about the Chargers. I don't know about the the Titans. I, I mean, is there a way that could be a scoreless tie? <laughs> I've got this thing mapped out as the Chargers winning, just because I have no faith in Ryan Tannehill. I I I, yeah. I, I feel like he's going to get injured. I feel like he's going to he's he's getting, like this is my big chance. This is my big moment. This is my opportunity to redeem myself. And I just have a feeling it's not going to work. And I don't know whether it's the quarterbacks. I don't know whether it's the 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 uh, the, the the kid that's the son of the guy that started FedEx isn't a very good yes. offensive coordinator. I, I I just don't know. But I the Titans for as impressive as they were week one, they have not been impressive since then. Shut out by the Broncos. I this is just like which team do I feel less bad about at this point? And I guess the Chargers, that fire we saw from Phillip Rivers a little bit too late on Sunday night, maybe that carries over. And also he's from that I think he's from yeah, Nashville. Not far. Not from Nashville. I think he's, he's from, from Nashville. Alabama, but it's not far from Nashville. Close where by, he's from. Right? right? Not far from Nashville. Right. I think that's gonna be a factor for him because for him, the train is definitely coming into the station, and he may be auditioning to be the bridge quarterback for the Tennessee Titans next year. I'm with you there. I think you're right. I, I think there's a good chance we see Phillip Rivers as the quarterback of the Titans next year in a lot of ways. Uh, okay. Damn it, I said it. Chargers, Titans. Um, I, I guess this is yeah, – I'm worried about both offenses in this game. Yeah, neither offense is very good. I do worry about the Chargers offense and the fact that they their offensive line's an issue. I mean, they just they can't run the ball. They can't pass protect the ball that well uh, or pass protect that well. Uh, the Titans defense is still a pain in the butt. And to flip it around, it's not like the Chargers defense is horrible, but I worry about the Chargers' ability to stop the run more than I do the Titans' ability to stop the Chargers' run. And uh, I think Ryan Tannehill is going to give this team a boost. He didn't do a bad job last week against the Denver Broncos. I know he threw an interception, but I, I do think he's a better quarterback than Marcus Mariota. And I think it'll give them a little more confidence to be a little more aggressive in the pass game in general. I'm going to go with the Titans here at home. And I wouldn't bet on this game ever to anybody out there. But I just don't have enough faith. I think, first off, the Titans secondary can shut down this Chargers passing game. I think they're going to be able to pressure Rivers. I think they'll be able to slow down the run. And on the other side of the ball, you know, the Chargers are one of those teams that plays that Seattle defense, the Atlanta Falcons defense. So many defenses play it. And it can be easy to game plan for sometimes, especially when you're not healthy like the Chargers defense is not, and they lack big people. And that scares me. I'm going to go with the Titans winning this one, 19-17 on the road, and that's a push uh, for all those out there. And I no, they're at home. The Titans are at home. I said, Didn't I say that? I thought I said that. Um, but I'm going – You said the Titans winning on the road. Oh, okay. But Titans winning on, on, on in home, at home, 19-17. to 17. You know what the hell I'm saying. Yeah. There we go. All right, let's move well, on. Well, now I know what you're saying. Yes. But I just wanted to make sure that your pick wasn't influenced by, uh, you know, what yeah, do I have, 20-13. No, 20-13? to 13, so. You're going 20-13 right. Chargers? Yeah. You think it'll because be like – Because really, they may, have, they, they may have more fans if they were playing on the road in, in L.A., right? Yeah. So maybe it would be a better advantage for them. I got 20-13 to 13 Chargers. You think it's like a late Chargers touchdown or like they're kind of in control and it's like they win that way? I think they're kind of in control and they win that way. Okay. All right, let's but go. What do I know? I mean, I thought the Chargers were going to beat the Steelers, and I thought the Titans were going to beat the Broncos, so what the hell do I know? No, I, I, I get you. I got both of those games wrong as well. Um, all right, Saints, Bears. So New Orleans going to Chicago. Bears coming off the bye week. A lot of questions about the Bears. Trubisky, is he going to play? The offense, what the hell is it? 
The Bears are favored by three and a half, which I was surprised to see. Over under a 38 and a half. Um, this is an interesting one. 425 game in Chicago. I do wonder what the weather will be like in Chicago. If anybody wants to look that up in the meantime, I think that would be interesting. Uh, but Mike, what do you, you know? They have very, you know, there are very easy ways to do yeah. that. Like when you're, yeah, when you're trying to make your pick, if you're concerned it. about the weather, nah, screw the internet. You know, I'm Captain not Planet. Do you want me to lead it I'm off? Surprised while you, you don't up have the weather? A, go ahead. I'm surprised you don't have a Captain Planet app. Yeah. Um, okay. Go ahead. So uh, I, I think this is this is going to be a defensive struggle. I fully expect it to be that type of football game. I mean, the Bears' defense at this point needs to realize that mm, you know our offense scoring 20 points is a coin toss. Uh, we're not sure we're capable. So I, I think again they're going to be a little disappointed in the fact that they let the Raiders move the ball the way they did last uh, week before their bye. I mean, two weeks ago in London. Um, it's still Akeem Hicks. I know he's not playing. That's that stinks for the Bears, but their front seven still very good. Um, the the Saints on the offense versus that Bears defense. You know the Saints are. This is the best offense the Bears have played to this point. And you know to to what John Gruden did to the Bears with that run game. You know I worry about the Saints being able to do that too. Now I know Alvin Kamara is uh, not playing in the game, or he's banged up. We don't know if he's not playing Banged yet. up. Yes, we'll see. He's right. got the ankle issue. Uh, but I think this is, yeah, this is one of the best defenses other than maybe Dallas that New Orleans has played. But New Orleans is balanced, and they have proven to me they can win a number of different ways. And for the Bears, you know, I just want to double check. I'm pretty sure this is the best defense they've played all year long, too. I've been really impressed, as you know, with the Saints defense and the way it has looked as of late. Uh, and Dennis Allen has made some proper adjustments to the way they play coverage on the back end. I like that aspect of them. I'm going with the Saints to win a close one, Mike. I'm going to go Saints 20-17. to 17. I got to see it from the Bears first to believe it. I don't believe in their offense. You know, I do believe in their defense, but I'm not sure I believe it against the great offenses in football. And not that I think the Saints is great, but it's really, really damn good, and it has everything, and it has a great play caller and a guy that's tough and instills toughness in his football team, and that's why I'm going Saints on the road. Yeah, I think this is a real gut check game for the Chicago Bears after being embarrassed by the Raiders in London. Two weeks to get ready for it. Matt Nagy and Andy Reid, protege. Andy Reid, a guy who always makes the most out of that extra time. And, of yep. course, the Saints weren't on a bye last week, so they didn't have the benefit of the extra time. I, I think that, that this comes down to the Bears' defense playing like it did the last time they played at home like they did against the Minnesota Vikings. And yep. Teddy Bridgewater, a former Vikings quarterback, was one and one in two starts at Chicago against a team that is a far cry from what it is now defensively. And I think that this is going to be one of those games where now that we have four games of Teddy Bridgewater film for Chuck Pagano, the Bears defensive coordinator, to break down, yeah. I think that it's going to be harder to stay a step ahead. And this may be the one where, you know, to the extent that anyone would suggest that Teddy Bridgewater should keep playing even when – Drew Brees is healthy, and no one is seriously suggesting that. After this game on Sunday, it's going to be, okay, when does when does Drew get back? We're 5-2, we're and two, and that's better than we could have expected to be. When can we get Drew back? Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I'm with you there. I mean, they're still better with Drew Brees. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't deny that. I don't know how much better, 
But I'm going to say they are better. I know that. I, you know, I don't look at the, some of the games that we've seen and just go, oh, Drew Brees would have put up 400 yards if he was playing in there either. You know, the, the Saints are a different team right now. They're not about, like, being, like, this high-flying, we're going to throw the ball all over the place. They're playing kind of defense, run game. And the thing that worries me, you know, you, you made a lot of great points, is the Kamara factor. Because if Kamara can't play, he's such a huge part of their pass offense, especially, and keeping defenses honest that way. And that would scare me. But, yeah, so you said what? Bears what? What is the score you got? I've got the Chicago Bears winning 23-17. to 17. Okay, so we're, we're – But that's probably more points than will be scored. Yeah, I'm going 2017 Saints, but either way, I think this is one of the games of the day. I will be interested to see. You talked about the Bears off the bye week. Last year they lost to the Dolphins off of the bye week, but it was kind of a fluky game. I remember it very well. The Bears really dominated the game and made some big mistakes, turned the ball over on the one-yard line. They had control of the game throughout. You're just going to have to believe me. It was like two screen passes, if I can remember correctly, that really won the game for the Dolphins where they broke long, long touchdown runs after the screen. And it's weird It's weird to think that because they were 12-4 and four last year. Of I all know. the games that they would be least likely to lose, it would be the one against the Dolphins coming and off of the bye week. I know. They were 12-4 and four last year and lost to the Giants and the Dolphins last year. That's what's crazy about the Bears from last year. Okay. Now, I mean, this is I'm, – I'm pumped for this one. I mean, you talk about another game at 425, hard-hitting, physical, run, defense, exciting quarterbacks. This probably is the game of the day. Would you say this is the game of the day? I think it is for me. Um, Ravens at It's Seahawks. the game of the afternoon. It's yes. not the game of the day. Eagles-Cowboys is the game yes, of the day. Yes, it is. You're right. Game of the afternoon. 49 uh, – excuse me. Ravens at Seahawks. Seahawks are rolling. We know that. Ravens are good. Not sure how good they are. I still think I'm kind of waffling on that. They have things I like. They have things I dislike. Seahawks are favored by three and a half at home, over and under 49. Uh, Earl Thomas is coming back home. What do you got, man? Well, I'm intrigued by Earl Thomas and his knowledge of Russell Wilson from all the years they've been together, practicing, watching him during games, watching film, uh, whatever the case may be, I think that that, that adds an element that, that bears watching very closely when Russell Wilson pops out of the pocket and tries to make something happen because Earl Thomas is going to be in a better position than most safeties to have an idea of what Russell Wilson's going to do when he squirts away. But, you know, I saw, and I wrote about this last night, Pete Carroll's quotes about Lamar Jackson and, one of the best runners they've ever seen, and and uh, it's a nightmare to deal with him. Look, yeah. they have one of the best runners. He's had one of the best runners since 2012. And I think when you are used to seeing a guy like Russell Wilson in practice, when a guy like Russell Wilson comes into your stadium, you're in better position to play him. And I, and I think the defense is going to do better against Lamar Jackson than other defenses have done because they know from practice all the time what it's like to have to deal with Russell Wilson. So uh, I think that's going to help them. They're going to try to be physical with him just like the Steelers tried to be and uh, you know one of these points and when you see the highlights of the hits Lamar Jackson takes and I hope he doesn't get injured but when you see the highlights of those hits at some point he ain't getting up and it's going to be RG3 in the game and that could happen on Sunday uh, yeah I, I worry about it too it's it's amazing I mean he never flinches I mean he never gets up slow I mean he is just he is some exciting runner he really is uh, I mean he is exciting not only just for a quarterback running 
I mean, there's he's he would be a, an elite running back in space with the way he runs and makes moves. He's got the quickest feet in football. When I watch on film, I don't see any running back in football who can stick their foot in the ground, shuffle, sidestep, karaoke, and make moves like Lamar Jackson does. It's it's unreal. It's really special from that aspect. This is a fascinating game. I mean, these are two teams that are just predicated on we're the bullies on the field. We're going to kick your ass. No, we're going to kick your ass. I mean, that's what I really am intrigued by them in matchup. You know, you're right about uh, – oh, this is what I want to ask you. I mean, you're right about the Seahawks. They've seen athletic quarterbacks and Russell Wilson. Come on, they were one of the guys and teams, even when Colin Kaepernick was doing his thing with the 49ers. So they have some – you know, this is Greg Roman, who's coaching the Baltimore Ravens, right, on the offensive side. They know what he's about a little bit. Now, is it a little different from the Colin Kaepernick days? Yes. Have they added more to what they do? Yes. Okay. But I still think that the Seahawks' defense will be ready for some of that stuff. I think really it's going to be can the Ravens throw the ball effectively on the Seahawks defense and take advantage of them from that aspect? Do we know where Hollywood Brown's status is for the game? Because I think that is a big, that's a big difference maker for me in a lot of ways for the Ravens' offense. The Ravens' offense want to run it. They want to run it. They're semi-aggressive in the pass game, but there's really nobody to be scared of deep down the field when they don't have Hollywood Brown. Hollywood Brown will scare a defense a little bit and change how they think about matching up with him. So I don't know where that that's at right now. Um, let me see here. Let me see here. Because yeah. when the injury report came out yesterday from the NFL, they had not yet completed practice. So I have gone to the Ravens website yeah. and I can report that Marquise Brown did not practice on Wednesday due to an ankle. Yeah. That doesn't mean he's not going to play. But uh, no practice, that's not a good sign. Yeah, that's a little scary. Um, you know, so, so that, okay, if I had to flip it around the other side, you know, yeah, the Seahawks want to run the ball. You know, the Ravens and the Seahawks are both good run defenses. You know, they're old school. They're going, we're going to stop the run first. But the Ravens, I mean, I really think this game is going to come down to, I'm just going to make it simple, of which one of these quarterbacks and which one of these offenses can throw the ball the best. Because I think you're both going to have opportunities there. Now, the Ravens' secondary is better than the Seattle Seahawks' secondary. There's no doubt about that. Um, But the other aspect of this is, the Baltimore Ravens, like you've heard me talk about with a few other games today, they're slow up front. And that worries me against a guy like Russell Wilson. When you're slow, he's going to be able to buy time. He's going to be able to extend plays. He'll be able to scramble. On the other side, the Seahawks are not slow up front. And if if Lamar Jackson does drop back to pass, yeah, he's going to make his share of plays. I mean, he's Lamar Jackson. But there's still tremendous team speed on the front seven of the Seattle Seahawks. And that's kind of where I give the advantage. Russell Wilson's ability to escape, I think he's got a little more talented receivers, and the pass rush of the Ravens just isn't as good as the Seahawks and not as athletic, and I'm going to go with the Seahawks at home 23-20 to to win this football game. I got it higher scoring than that. I got 31-27 Seahawks. You're threading the needle, though, I because am. they're three-and-a-half-point favorites. You're right. So I guess I'm taking the Seahawks to win, but I'm picking the Ravens to cover the spread there. So, uh uh, that's that's. I a, think the Ravens. Hey, I even though the Ravens are four and two, and they're probably going to win their division, uh, I think they're overrated. I really do. I do. I'm, I, I'm you with know, you. They, they did not beat the Bengals in impressive fashion. They did not beat the Cardinals in impressive fashion. Uh, they they lost to the Browns at home. I, I just I don't believe in them. You know, and then they, their game against the Chiefs in hindsight, even though it was kind of close, and they were kind of yeah, you know, it wasn't over the that top close. And all the chances the score they is took. Misleading. Yeah. 
but well, okay. And then, hey, the Chiefs are no longer this, uh, you know, yeah. this unbeatable force. So I, I feel like the Ravens are are a week four and two. I and, agree. Uh, I think it's all the more all the more reason I believe the Seahawks win and the Seahawks cover. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I got questions about the the Ravens team too. I'm just not sold on it. The defense is not as dominant as we've seen in years past. Uh, I love what Lamar Jackson's doing. Man, he's becoming more and more comfortable as a passer too, Mike. I mean, if they continue to win. He is in the MVP conversation. He is that good. You know, and to your point, too, you know, the Seahawks, have they've played, you know, a little bit of a tougher schedule. They did beat the Browns on the road. You know, they did beat the Rams at home. And I don't care. You know, a lot of people are going to go, well, they barely won these games. That's what the Seahawks do. I mean, even when they were kicking ass and the best team in football, you'd watch a game of the Seahawks and go, man, they're kicking the shit out of this team. What? It's 17 to 14? You know, that's kind of the way they play. So it's never going to be like, oh, blowout, sexy, we beat this team by 30 points. All right, let's get to the Sunday night showdown. First off, I got another read. The Road Roto World Football Podcast, essential. I mean essential listening for all fantasy players. Friend of the podcast, Josh Norris. He's my buddy. He's my pal. Okay, this is my buddy. This is my pal. Um, Friend of the podcast, Josh Norris, and the Roto World crew, which are all good guys, really insightful, smart, no football. Uh, Wednesdays, they do a start-sit show. Tune in. Watch it. I'm telling you, they'll steer you in the right directions. Thursday, they preview every game of the week. Download, subscribe, do it because I said so. And these guys know their shit. I'm just telling you, I wouldn't say they know their shit unless I really believed it. I was around them enough uh, before the season and even now here in the NBC office to know they love football. They really pay attention to a lot of the details and they can steer you in the right direction as far as fantasy football is concerned. Now, Sunday Night Football, me and you and Tony and Rodney and a bunch of other idiots that work for NBC, Mike Tirico as well, who's not one of those idiots. We will be hanging out and getting everybody ready for that game on on, uh, Sunday Night Football, Football Night in America. It's Eagles at Cowboys. It's a big, big freaking game. Cowboys favored by three, over and under at 48 and a half. This is a tough one here. Go ahead. Tell me what you got. Cowboys got some big injuries. I'm concerned about the injuries. Left tackle and right tackle. Who knows if those guys are going to play Tyron Smith and Lyle Collins. Amari Cooper, the indications are he's not going to play. Who's going to be the number one receiver? Michael Urban was on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas yesterday advocating for Antonio Brown Mm. to join the Cowboys. Mm. And you know what? That's not all that ridiculous of a suggestion if and when the NFL ever allows him to come back and play. They've got him in that weird limbo now where no one will touch him until the investigation's over. So the investigation is just never going to end, and he'll never play football again, or at least not this year. But I like the Cowboys nevertheless. This is a back-against-the-wall type of a game. We've seen Jason Garrett do this last year when they were 3-5 and on the road when the The storm clouds were hovering, and there was talk that he could get fired if it was an embarrassing loss. They won that game. They finished 7-1 in the second half of the season, make it to the playoffs and make it to actually the divisional round. This is one of those get-your-act-together games for the Cowboys, even with the injuries at home. And and this is the third time this week I'm going with the close game, issues on both sides of the ball, both sides of the line, both sides of the field. I'm taking the home team, 30-24 to 24 Cowboys over the Eagles. I just think the Cowboys are going to be in better position to get it right. And I didn't like the Doug Peterson 
saying we're going to win and then not saying I guarantee it. I Because I, when, I when I heard that on Monday, I'm thinking, all right, if he's that sure, I'm taking the Eagles next Sunday night. And then uh, he says, well, I didn't really guarantee it. It's like, come on, man, just own it. You said it. Just own it. So that's another thing that even though it has nothing to do with the game, it's, it has me picking the Cowboys. Okay, I got you there. Damn it, I said okay again. Um, all right, so okay, uh, Deshaun Jackson, Any? what's the latest there? Somebody tell me that. But I'll talk. Deshaun, I'll tell you right now. Okay, I don't good. think he practiced yesterday. He's got he that groin. It's a groin tear. Yeah. It's a groin tear. Yeah, that's not good news. And they need him. Small tear, small tear, but they want to wait for him to be completely healthy because the way he runs, he's so explosive that it may get re-injured. But I'd be stunned if he practiced yesterday. He did not practice. They're calling it an abdomen injury, but his trainer spoke last week to the Philadelphia Inquirer. It's a small tear in the groin. Yep. Okay. All right. So this is where I'd go with this one. They're both teams that are like the ultimate backs against the wall type of team. Um, I, I, I really, I expect this to be a really exciting game. I think it's going to be 31 to 28, but I think it's going to be 31, 28 Dallas Cowboys. Uh, now I do want to see the status of the tackles uh, for Dallas. That would be nice to know as well. And we'll see where that all goes and plays out. I, I mean, I would imagine they're going to be close to playing and probably be those game time decisions. We saw Tyron Smith last week out there trying to warm up and get ready and maybe play. So I think this week he probably gets over the hump and does play. At least I'm hoping for that. Now, also the other thing I'll say about the Philadelphia defense that I liked last week, I did see, I thought, Fletcher Cox closer to the Fletcher Cox I remembered for the last few years. You know, a lot of people in Philadelphia have been talking about, you know, he had the toe injury and the foot injury, whatever he was dealing with all training camp, and he has not been quite 100%. He's been good this year, but he has not been his dominant self. There was some tape plays on tape last week, Mike, that I watched against Minnesota where he was the ass-whooping Fletcher Cox that I remember on a bunch of them. So I think he might be close to dominant form. But either way... You know, without Deshaun Jackson, I worry about the, you know, there's just times with the Philadelphia offense, it's just so much work. It's so hard for them to go down the field. And yeah, they got their mojo going for two or three drives uh, the other day against your Minnesota Vikings. But then like, then it just stops. It halts. It's over. Like, oh, man, we had a few little creative plays on those, but we ran out of the creative plays, and now we're back to our bread-and-butter plays, and they're just not creative enough, in my opinion. They need to do a little bit more there in the pass game. You know, it's too much short to intermediate throwing for Carson Wentz. It's too much of him jamming the ball in there for a seven-yard gain. Like, oh, he's got to throw a strike, and he's got to throw it 104 miles per hour to get this ball complete, and damn, he does it a lot. But that's just dangerous against a team that's as talented as Dallas on the defensive side of the ball. And really, ultimately, the Philly secondary scares me. Not necessarily the safeties. The safeties are good. The corners are scary. They're just not good. That's all I can really say. Sidney Jones has never been healthy in the history of the NFL career at this point. Uh, Rasul Douglas can't cover people man-to-man. I go Cowboys 31-28. I think it's a really fun game, but I do think the Cowboys win it. You're going with the, the push. push. You're not picking. You're not picking a winner on the on the uh, betting line because nope. the Cowboys are three point favorites. Nope. That's why I went with six. 30 to twenty four. You know, and it, how about how about I'm not gonna I'm not gonna call overtime, but I could see something like that. Twenty four all at the end of regulation. Cowboys score a touchdown in overtime, but I think thirty to twenty four. Cowboys win. They get to four and three, and the storm clouds part just a little bit for Jason Garrett. Yep, that's right. Okay, Monday Night Football: Patriots, Jets. 
Uh, they played a few weeks ago. The Patriots dominated the game. Uh, I think the Jets only scored because they had a pick six interception, right? against the backup quarterback, Jared Stidham. And I believe they had, was it a kick return or a punt return or a punt block for a touchdown? They had a special teams touchdown, uh, but it was ugly. We know the Patriots are really damn good. Their offense has struggled a little bit the last few weeks. And, you know, struggling for the Patriots is not really struggling for the rest of the world, but it still has not been the machine we're used to seeing. I don't think they've run the ball quite as good this year as I've expected. The Jets are a different team right now, right, Mike? I mean, hey, the Jets uh, with Sam Darnold, it changes their outlook. I know C.J. Mosley, they're expecting him to play this week. I didn't mean to cut you off here. I, I just started rambling. But the Patriots are favored by 10 on the road, Monday Night Football, over under 42 and a half. What do you think? Yeah, I think the Patriots with the extra time to get ready for this game and also considering how well Bill Belichick does against young quarterbacks, you're not going to see Sam Darnold have the same success against the Patriots that he had against the Cowboys. And look, this defense is the best in the NFL right now, or if not close to it, yeah. they're working on their offensive issues. And and uh, a primetime game, the Patriots are very aware of what it means when you're in that big spot. They're very comfortable in that big spot. The Jets we saw in primetime earlier this year against the Browns, and they lost by 20. Now that was without Darnold. But uh, I, I just feel like the, the, the Patriots train is not going to get knocked off the tracks by a Jets game in primetime. It's coming later if and when it comes, but it's not going to be against the Jets. No, I don't expect it to either. Uh, I, I do think there could be – a little annoying. The Jets can be a, like a, a little gnat in the Patriots' way for a little while in this football game. You know, Sam, there's much man-to-man -man as the Patriots like to play at times. Uh, you know, Sam Darnold is just a phenomenal thrower of the football of anything like 25 or 30 yards and under. Man, can he just – he can ring the bell, hit the bullseye uh, as good as anybody in football. And then if he decides – I mean, if he continues to throw the ball down the field like we saw last week against the Cowboys and make plays that way, whoa, that would be awesome and watch out. Uh, but ultimately – and Greg Williams – you know, the thing I like about Greg Williams in these type of matchups is he's not scared and he will throw some shit at the Patriots that they might have not been ready for or been prepared for. And I do respect that about Greg Williams in big matchup football like this. But ultimately, I'm with you. I think the Jets kind of hang around or are annoying for a while, but I'm going to go Patriots 28-17. to 17. They win the game, uh, and that's that. And they continue to dominate, you know, the AFC Patriots, though, it is amazing if you look at their schedule, how they have just had the, they've had the easiest schedule in football. It's amazing. It does toughen up, though. They play the Ravens. They play the Texans. They play the Chiefs. They've got the Cowboys. So uh, they've got the Eagles still on the horizon. Not that those are great teams, but they're better than the scrubs that the Patriots have been playing. I, I think it's going to be a lot like the Thursday night game we saw last week. Yeah. It's going to be close for a while. It's going to be, oh, the Patriots, uh, they may not win. Then it's going to be they're going to win, but they may not cover. And it's going to be, oh, look, they covered. Yeah. Same deal. Same right. formula. Right. I, I, I hear you. Totally hear you there. Um Okay. I got, I got, uh, I've got, let me find the score here. I had it. Where is it? The Patriots at the Jets, 34 20. How Patriots many times are we going to have to remind you to read the fucking score on the podcast of the Picks podcast? Seriously, what are you like? Okay. 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 Jeez. All right. Holy best cow. bets time. Best bets time. 
All right, you lead it off, okay? Tell me your first. I'm going to start with the game we just did. Okay. The game we just did, New England Patriots. I've been do- I've been picking the Patriots like every week in the best bets, and they've been covering almost every week. The only time they didn't was the last time they played the Jets. So this time they atone for screwing up my best bet, and they cover by 10 or more points. Ooh. Or I, more than 10 points. I thought about it. I'm scared. This is like the game of the year for the Jets, so I just get scared. I don't know what it is. Uh, I can't. I couldn't pull the trigger, and I, I hear your logic. I'm going the other way that, yes, they usually do cover, but they didn't cover against the Jets the first time, and I don't think they'll cover again this one. Well, I mean, I think they're going to cover. I just don't feel comfortable uh, betting it. My first one will be the Los Angeles Rams. Los Angeles Rams only favored by three points on the road. I just, I'll be absolutely blown away if they don't win this game by significantly more than three points. I picked it 34-20, and I just don't see any area in the matchup where I go, hmm, the Falcons have an advantage here. I really don't. I don't see one freaking area. So because of that, uh, that is my first bet of the week. The Los Angeles Rams with Jalen Ramsey, Aaron Donald, and a bunch of other freaking stars. Yeah, I'm going to take the same one. I I talked about it earlier. I was stunned, stunned that it was only a three-point margin between the Rams and the Falcons. I don't know what people are thinking to bet it to that point where it's even money on both sides. I think that, and this is another situation where people are influenced by what's happened recently. Oh, the Rams have lost three in a row. Oh, they only scored seven points against the 49ers. Oh, Jared Goff only threw 78 yards. That was against the 49ers. Yes. This is the Falcons. Yes. The Falcons aren't very good. The Falcons' defense is horrendous, and I, I think the Rams win this one easily. Yep. Okay. So you're, uh, we're, we're on that one. My second one will be the San Francisco 49ers on the road against the Washington Redskins. Uh, it's a nine-and-a-half-point nine spread. The 49ers are favored. Just have a hard time thinking that that Redskins offense can even score 10 points, let alone, you know, be within 10 points. And the 49ers are just, they're, they're a phenomenal football team. They're, they're in the, they're going to be a first or second round by everybody. It's just really whether they're the home field advantage or the number two seed. That's where I feel. That's how strongly I feel about them right now. Um, so that is my second best bet of the week. I got the 49ers winning 31 to 14. That's 17 points. And I feel like I'm almost being kind of nice to let the Redskins be within that, that score. And, and you know, I, I, I think I made it clear earlier in the show that, uh, that's, that's one of the ones I have too. I was stunned that it was only a nine and a half point spread and uh, I'm going to take Washington. And you know what? I'm going to suggest something. If neither of us get fired by next year and we do this again, yep. When we do this, we need to do the best bets in a draft format where we can't duplicate. No. So you own, only one no. of us gets Washington. No. Okay. Oh, but then you have you. Well, you, you want the fun. 49ers. You don't want Washington. I'll let you have Washington. I want Washington. Be, no, 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 no. My point is, my point is, because there could be weeks when we have the same three. That's less fun. When MDS and I did this last year just as a VOD, we did it as a draft where you couldn't duplicate. And uh, I think that I want you to think about that. I want I want to know whether or not you're up for the challenge because it's something that we could. I, I'd even be inclined to implement it for the balance of Man, this year. It would suck for this week though because I don't feel good oh, except for the three games that I'm going to pick, and I got to pick my third one. And my third one will be the Teddy Bridgewater New Orleans Saints. Yes, I think Oof. they're going to win that game in Chicago, and they're getting three and a half points. So I like that. If the Bears win. They're going to win with like a late field goal 
uh, or the game's tied and they win by a field goal. So that half point made me feel real warm and cozy. And I just don't believe in the Bears and their offense. And I got to seize it to believes it, okay? And I think the Saints are going to win that game 20-17. to So we all took road teams, all right? And, like, give me your one. What's your one where you go – I, this one is the one I feel best. I mean, these are our three favorites. San Francisco. San, San Francisco, Francisco is your favorite? Yeah. I yeah. think my favorite is the Los Angeles Rams. I think the Rams are going to just lay a can of whoop-ass on the Atlanta Falcons. But then the San Francisco one would be my second favorite one. All right. Now, I know that Richard Sherman will be very upset that we are giving the 49ers respect right. because he wants us to say they're bad so he can use the things we say as motivation. Right. He wants us so, to stick Richard, to our if guns. if that's what it takes, yeah. if that's what it takes, let me, just, let me just give him a little something. Good. Richard, the 49ers stink. You stink. And you're going to lose this weekend, and you can use this as your motivation. If you only listen to that out of context from the rest of the show, you'll be fine. <laughs> okay, How's I that? like that. Let's cut that out and send that to Richard on Twitter, okay? I'm sure he'll love that. Right. I'm sure he won't have anything to say about you uh, after that. All right, that's it. I am officially sick of talking to Michael fucking Florio for the week. Okay, I'm done. I like your jersey. Get online and buy your Kirk Cousins jersey because you'll be wearing it next week. Let's wait until 4 o'clock Eastern on Sunday. I'll buy it from the viewing room if the Vikings win, but they won't. Okay, all right. You the man, Mike. Uh, Have a good day. I'm sorry you don't get to work with me tomorrow. Somehow you'll manage, though, I'm sure. I'm going to the Yankees game tonight. I'm pumped about that. I'm DVRing Chiefs Broncos. I'll be watching that tomorrow morning on my morning off. So I'm pumped. You better take your hamburger helper gloves. It's going to be cold. I'll have my own gloves this time, so it'll be better. No hamburger helper. But PFT, PM podcast, Chris Sims on button collaboration. Always fun, Mike. Be good. See you later. Fuck you. See you Sunday. Bye. Yeah, I knew you were going to get that. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. Like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader.